What's up and welcome to The Hive Review, a podcast where we sit down with family and friends to talk about the latest buzz in movies, TV shows, anime, and video games that are worth your time. My name's B, and I'll be your host. New Hive Reviews drop every Wednesday. And if you want to support us and help us grow The Hive, make sure you follow, subscribe, and share the podcast. All right, with that said, let's get into it. Like I said before, there's there's three things about this movie, and I'm curious to see how all of you feel about this. There are three things I can identify identify that were like flaws or just things that like I didn't care much for, or like things that I just like I was like ah kind of hinders my ability to love it as much. One, obviously, and it's not really it's their fault, but the budget. Like I do agree that there are moments where the CGI like somewhat it doesn't take you out of it, but you can tell like oh okay like this is no longer real. But I do think that's okay because at the end of the day, I think they i think they overcame that by designing godzilla the way he was like again being this big grotesque lizard but he's also a monster with like these big glossy eyes that you know kind of looks like a little puppy the second thing is i am not i'm not i wasn't a huge fan of the noriko ending where she was still alive um Mm -hmm. i mean i'm not sure if y'all saw that scene where she got blown away but like that was that was miles of debris going yeah. 300 miles per hour. <laughs> I just assumed she was long gone, and that's that's yeah. what I hope they were going to stick to. Yeah, you you are you are literally just cosmic dust after getting getting yeah. hit by that. Um, I I'm curious to see. Like, I do, you know, she had that weird like little infection thing. So, I, you know, I'm wondering if like maybe she somehow got infected with like Godzilla cells, and she was able to regenerate kind of like he can. We'll see. Um. And the third thing that I think was the biggest fault of this movie was they did not give that cute ass little girl Akiko enough screen time. She was so <laughs> fucking amazing. Her <laughs> crying on commands, asking all these cute ass little questions. She was the star of the show and I wish I would have got to see more of her. Yeah, she was pretty cute. I definitely I wouldn't think they would say if they like had to pinch her to make her cry on command like that, but that was some skill. A lot of like adult actors can't even do that, and that was that was nice. I guess for me, just like what with the what X said about some of the like the CGI or or whatever. I don't know a lot of the technical words because just don't know that much about movies. But yeah, I'm coming in as kind of the noob of the group, and getting <laughs> you're getting that perspective from me. I definitely felt like there's some of like the. The scenes where she, where they was the train and he grabbed it with his mouth and then like threw it, like that part, I, <laughs> it just reminded me of like this old um, toy that is like a Hot Wheels cart thing where there was a dinosaur in it and it, it would actually grab the cars and then throw them. <laughs> yeah. It just reminded me of that. <laughs> That that was legit, uh, like a dog with a chew toy in its mouth moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't need it, but didn't want to give it up. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they bit the train and then like kept walking with it in his <laughs> mouth. I was like, oh, he's just being a dick. <laughs> and I also don't agree with the fact that she was still alive. I was like, there's no way because isn't the whole point of his like his like laser shot that he does wasn't that supposed to like mimic kind of like nuclear energy too so 
if he's like spewing that and she she's kind of in in the way of that which would also explain the rash that she has at the end if you have like radiation from something like you you get like a rash well you just boil from the inside out basically yeah i mean i know i know the way they conveyed it was like he shot the laser a distance away just nuked whatever part of the actual like wherever part of the city that was and it was like the shock wave that was hitting all of them over where like you know noriko and koichi or whatever was at but i i I mean i agree like like, yeah one i guess you could consider that there probably is some radioactive um aspect to it which i think they kind of do talk about they do say in the movie like basically everywhere where godzilla was at like had a bunch of like radioactivity um but also yeah again the sheer force and all the debris that went flying by with her like i just i just cannot believe that like she was still alive there has to be some kind of like creative explanation behind that or that's just like a real fault of the movie in my opinion but i can look past that i can look past it kind of feels like this you know leaving leaving some leeway up for another movie a follow-up so especially when he's when you know when they finally defeat him and he's in the ocean and you know he starts to regenerate so i think they were maybe just giving him themselves an out for for another movie yeah and actually i was curious because i don't remember shin godzilla too much i remember enjoying it but like th- this isn't a sequel to it right no this takes place before shin godzilla okay okay yeah this this movie takes place directly after world war ii um, shin godzilla is uh, when it, it's supposed to be like years after that so this is like the first iteration of Godzilla. Well, yeah, this will be the, in the timeline. This will be the first iteration of Godzilla that deals with the fallout of you know, Japan being bombed to shit. Yeah, because supposedly that's why like he comes to like existence because of such the high radiation from like nuclear attacks is what like brings him to come to life or whatever. It's definitely a metaphor for the nuclear bomb. Yeah. Which I love that they touched on. Like, that was my, like, favorite aspect of this movie, of the way that they talked about the war in, like, a Japanese perspective is really unique. And I think, like, a lot of movies that I've seen that touch on that fact have such a different feel to them. Like, there's, I, it makes me think of... um the Grave of the Fireflies. I don't know if anybody's seen that. Super sad, but a, such a great movie. And then This Corner of Our World, which is another like anime that it's one of my favorites that also touches on like World War um, Two and just like, you know, living after that and how how it affected somebody's life. And with this, in terms of just, kind of having their own two cents on reflecting on their own government and things like that. Like I, I really, that was really cool. I have to agree with that too. I think that's really where a lot of this movie shines too is because they decided to take it on the focus of like, it is from the perspective of like people in Japan living right after the war where their country, you know, their country's already just been like land and their country has been devastated. Um, Their government is falling apart. The, the United Nations is stripping them of their dignity and all weapons. And then I think when you take that spin, when you add that spin to it, kind of put them in this bubble where it's like, it's just Japan in this movie. And then you throw a nuke shooting giant lizard that pops up out of nowhere. It, I mean, I think it's the perfect contrast to be like, oh, wow, like we are up against an ungodly monster. 
at our lowest time in history. And I think that contrast really makes the movie more powerful. I mean, you see it like the entire movie, like they've got moments where they're shooting guns at Godzilla. It doesn't do anything. There's moments where like massive battleships are shooting Godzilla from the outside. And he kind of, he like, you know, he's taking like, it looks like he's just taking like recoil damage, but then he immediately just goes and just drops, you know, destroys these entire battleships. So it's just, and you, and you just, you realize like you can't beat them. I mean, especially I think in the craziest part about the movie, which is my favorite was the laser. All other movies kind of just made it seem like it was just like this, like this Kamehameha laser that comes out of Godzilla's mouth. And if you're not strong enough, it just slowly keeps pushing you back until you get thrown into a building. Like, nah, this laser was like, it is a photon beam and whatever it touches <laughs> turns into just nuclear waste. It's like, it's so like it just it just shows you like you can't you just can't beat this monster and i love that instead of like the u.s coming in the movie or some other country coming in with some big guns and beating godzilla that way like the citizens had to get creative on how to beat godzilla and that's what really made it a spectacular movie yeah and those in those moments like it just it mirrors a lot of like the tenacity and the strength of of what they actually had to go through rebuilding their whole basically civilization from real world events. But like in this case, it's like they're just persevering against, in this case, Godzilla. Beginning of the movie, they are like kind of rebuilding, you know, a part of that city where it's like most people's homes were kind of destroyed. Everybody's kind of just picking up the pieces, living in like little just makeshift houses and stuff. So I thought that was great. And then Naomi's point about like them and, and their perspective from like a Japanese point. I, I noticed that too, especially towards the end. Like, I mean, all throughout the movie, everyone's kind of like, falling in line and, and doing what they're told because that's just you know that if you do that then that's how you serve your country and make sure that we come out on top but then by the end like there was a chunk of people that were just like no fuck this like we've got lives and family like this is a suicide mission it's not worth it like all we've ever done is sacrifice our lives for our government for you know everything else and look at where that's gotten us and and for them to like on screen like i think what namely was getting at too like on screen like making that a point and making that statement you know against you know, potentially, you know, their government is it, it made for a great movie. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they really it's like about them being selfish. I think it's about it gave more of the feeling of allowing them to walk away. Whereas like he, he like the main character, Koichi, Ko Koichi. Yeah, Koichi, yeah. like his whole like thing is that he's feels so guilty for not a dying the way he was supposed to die as a kamikaze then on top of that landing on an island getting attacked by godzilla and then again not being able to do anything or you know risk his life to stop godzilla um but instead he just runs away and so then at the end of the movie when they're getting together and they're talking about you know, the suicide mission trying to defeat Godzilla, kind of allowing that space for whoever wanted to go to go made the fact that he stayed that much more powerful. That made sense because in the past, he didn't have an opportunity, but he still ran away. And now that he does, now he's staying. So it just spoke a lot to his, his character growth, I think. One, one thing I remember when I watched it, and I, I guess I was like, when I that first opening scene when they're on that island and it and Godzilla shows up, I didn't even I didn't even notice it. Like it's, it's such a weird thing, but I like as we moved on into the movie, when I thought back to it after they 
mentioned what that was, I was like, oh, oh, I didn't even realize like the size of Godzilla not being like totally correct. Like when they're on that island, he still felt like this big towering menacing thing, but like not until they they handle that, they get back to the mainland and they start talking about it more after they see him again. I think it was Koichi maybe that might have said it, but he was just like, oh, like this is that thing that I saw X amount of time ago and it's gotten bigger. And I was like, oh, yeah, wait, because it's kind of like a little puppy size on that island, but still terrifying. Yeah, much smaller. You can even notice, too, um, if you paid attention, like when he was on that island, this fact kind of also has me like, damn, maybe they could have ended the movie earlier because they wanted him to go into his plane. They're like, oh, they're, they're 20 millimeter guns or whatever, like that that should be able to kill it. And Godzilla was just so small at the point, like on the island. And yeah, he like choked and didn't shoot. And then remember they were in that bunker and they were like taking their rifles and they were shooting at Godzilla. Like those bullets from those rifles, like kind of looked like they hurt and also really irritated him. Like, you know, he, like his face went back and it kind of actually looked like it was causing Godzilla pain. And then he went on his rampage. Um, so I kind of was like, low key, I was like, damn, yeah, if there was a time to kill Godzilla, it would have probably been in that plane where he, that maybe those bullets actually would have been able to do something to him. But, you know, if you take in, the, if you take, account the the regenerative piece of godzilla then probably not and he would have just gotten himself killed i was gonna say like yeah can we talk about this godzilla like the design his like you know attitude and just the way he was moving in certain scenes just his destructive power like i feel like this is the best guy like uh interpretation of godzilla that i've ever seen like he's just this monster that nobody knows its origin it just shows up in the ocean and on land to just destroy shit. It just doesn't care about anybody. It's not like humans provoked it. At least I can't tell yet. They did have a scene earlier in the movie. I don't know if you all remember. There was like a scene that was like it showed a bunch of like military stuff happening and then it showed like some kind of weird like massive explosion. And then it looked like it was like a quick flash of like Godzilla like skin or scales being like burnt up. And then it just like quickly flashed away. Did do any of you remember that moment? I think I think they were trying to show like that Godzilla attacked a ship. Was that what it I was? Think that's, I think that's what they were trying to show. That it, there was a number after the island. After that, there was a number of instances where Godzilla either attacked something or he or some stuff of him was like spotted. Like rather that's like the fishes or you know he kind of left evidence see i interpreted as it was supposed to be some kind of like very vague foreshadowing that was almost like showing something that humans did do to godzilla um it kind of gave me the vibe that it was like almost like the americans or someone had like bombed godzilla at some point and hurt it or like i don't know i was just i might have been reading into it too much but i have to watch the movie again and see if it does where it fit like is it like a foreshadowing piece or is it supposed to give context or history because it was very vague it was very quick like i don't think you really could tell what the hell was going on even if you watched the movie four times yeah i mean i don't even remember that so I, that's something i'd have to go back and watch and like pay attention to it was the only piece of the movie that I was like this did not feel like it like it didn't feel like it fit in because it it literally felt like it was some kind of like like how a show will like you know how a 10 series or 10 episode series show will like the first the first scene of the show will be like some kind of really weird, obscure event happening. And you're, you're always like, whoa, that was crazy. But what the hell was that? And then it just doesn't ever get referenced until like episode seven again, where you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot the show opened up with this. Like the Game of Thrones, like the White Walkers. <laughs> or or like kind of like, you know, I was hoping that maybe Pops would have 
recognize that or maybe it's like they're just trying to it's kind of there for like the people that know like okay yeah like like you said maybe it's a situation of like america bombing it or something happening godzilla that's either going to make him stronger or make him pissed off at humanity like not the best kind of nod to like maybe fans that have seen a bunch and would understand what that is but i feel like maybe they had more of that there i mean it's already like a two out two hour and five minute movie so maybe they are just like it, it just it got cut in the cutting floor and if there's like a like a director's cut i'm sure it'll there'll be more I hope so, at least. That'd be awesome. But yeah, Godzilla's but Godzilla's like, you know, design and stuff. There was like there was so many different scenes and it was like the ones where like it's cut it's like a, to his face and his eyeballs and stuff. And and like, yeah, I don't I was laughing out loud. We all kind of were. And I was getting thoughts of like, oh, this, it reminded me of Kuma, I guess, in some ways. <laughs> That's exactly what we said. <laughs> Kuma's our, our old family dog. He's a he's an Akita, which is like a, a Japanese, you know, it's a Japanese breed. He was an American Akita, but, you know, still origin, I believe, is Japan. So it's fitting. That one scene where the, he was trying to bite the plane. <laughs> Stop it, Kuma. No. He could be related to, to Godzilla, if you really think about it. Yeah, they probably are, because both, they both were just dicks. <laughs> they, wanted to, they wanted to be... <laughs> I just I loved I loved this Godzilla too because like I, clearly he's just really this grotesque monster kind of like with what Naomi said earlier like with a pot belly but then also with, with just these thunder thighs um, <laughs> which is probably how Godzilla was floating in the ocean the time he's just caked up at the bottom half so that's why that was the part floating in the ocean but it's just it was the scene where basically he started remember he started chasing the boat when they were on that little like wooden boat and they were shooting at it and they were trying to drop the mines in the water you know, the bullets did nothing to Godzilla. The first explosion, like, was huge, but, like, again, did nothing to Godzilla. He was still just kind of, you know, his eyes were popping off. He was still chasing them. And it wasn't until they dropped that second bomb that went in his mouth and, like, blew his head open. And then he, like, regenerated. Like, you just remember, like, he's, like, he's like an emotionless monster, but somehow they conveyed so much annoyance on his face because he, like, he, like regenerates, and then he literally, like, sits up puts his head higher above the water he's like fuck this and then just starts charging his beam <laughs> he was just so pissed off <laughs> all right y'all want to play <laughs> i was so enthralled in the movie that i forgot i was watching a godzilla movie until they played godzilla's march and i was like oh yeah that's why i'm here okay <laughs> oh, oh my gosh yes that song why when that song came on i thought about that the rap song that used it. <laughs> <laughs> Simon says, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. What a what what a wonderful um interpretation of Godzilla. And he's just yeah, he's just being violent for no reason. Like people kind of were like, yeah, he just decided this is his territory now. <laughs> yeah. I do think like I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm not as uh educated on Godzilla history or whatever, but I do think his scales like i feel like it might have been a little too much to the point where it gave him a little too much texture or at points i thought that maybe he had like feathers but i don't know if that was just me i mean yeah i, I never got the the vibe that he had like feathers but i mean i will agree that like his skin is definitely more it's more detailed but it's more rough than i think like the western version of godzilla where like they they made like the out like his back and like his top layer or like back part of his skin around his whole body is like more kind of rough and jagged but then like his belly and every all of his under skin is more smooth more I, I think literally just from like a 
visual standpoint kind of thing. And then, you know, they went more kind of lizard with that versus this where it's like he looked like his skin isn't like completely even informed really even and it regenerates and grows. So it's not like this perfect creature creation. And he really comes off as being like that, that like monstrosity. Yeah. With like with like really obscure scaly like armor, essentially, it's like it's not perfect because there are like there are gaps in it and you can see like, you know, areas where like, you know, around his arms or whatever, where there's like it's more like connective tissue or whatever. But um, yeah, I think it, it I do like the design of it, though. I think it adds a little bit more of like the imperfection of this creature, which I think adds a whole ideal of like kind of just terrifying. Yeah, they 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 put a lot more emphasis on like his his teeth and his mouth, too, which I also enjoyed. Like I liked. I enjoyed seeing like, especially that first scene, like Godzilla picking people up with his mouth, kind of like Jurassic Park <laughs> kind of style. But like, you know, I, I think that's kind of needed because usually, I mean, at least from what I remember, but usually Godzilla is just kind of, at least from the Western Godzilla, he's like pushing down buildings and like, you know, shooting his laser, destroying tanks. Like he's just kind of just being destructive, but like not taking his like his anger or like his, you know, his wrath out on like people specifically and just like kind of killing them in different ways, whether it's stepping on them, picking them up with his mouth. Yeah, like his his mouth and his teeth. I, I Just looking at the pictures, I've noticed there's a lot. They they put a lot more teeth in his mouth. And uh, and it does it does kind of look like pretty much like when he's just kind of walking, you know, he's cruising through the city doing his like one step per minute kind of thing. <laughs> that he looks like he's always smiling. <laughs> he just like has like this resting smile, like evil smile on his face. Like, what am I going to fuck up next? Like, let's go. <laughs> Like, how long do I have on land? All right, another hour. Let's let's do this. And I, I I didn't like that at first. Um, you know, the full body shots. But I think they were trying to convey how massive this thing was. That's used to being in the ocean and swimming, and now it's on land. And he's kind of clumsy, kind of. But yeah, that's. I think they were trying to convey that, which is fair. Monster is you know normally in, in the ocean. And it's a lot easier to swim in the ocean than it is to walk on land if you're like this, you know, five ton beast. Yeah, but yeah, and even in that, I, I like that the the weight behind that when they were showing that pops. Like it reminded me of like Pacific Rim, where like if you're gonna do things that are like that big a scale, like it, it needs to make sense where it's like they're moving with gravity and like having to resist, like push through that and stuff. So it would be slow or still destructive, but like not you know, Pacific Rim 2 or any kind of other bigger action kind of movie where things are moving so fast and creatures are like much faster than it would like really appear, at least to yeah. us. Yeah, and see. that's that I'm glad you brought up that point, B, because I feel like that's my issue with these this other series of American Godzilla movies. Um, I enjoyed the first one, but I didn't really enjoy King of Monsters. I didn't enjoy Godzilla versus Kong. And I definitely am not going to like this next one after watching the trailer because. Oh, God. Just, yeah. Yeah. Especially just like the scene where like Kong and Godzilla are running next to each other. Like they just. It's been a big meme on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> like Goku and Vegeta just linked up and said, all right, let's go handle the big bad. And pizza rolls are done, mom. Yeah. Just, like they're running. Like It just looks so bad. Like these massive monsters should not one look this fast or look like nfl athletes um <laughs> i was just thinking in my head I was like i was like why is it that i don't like these movies so much and i'm like yeah it's just they just so heavily rely on like fast action cgi like they essentially are just pacific rim movies at this point but they just do it too much and they don't actually respect yeah like the laws of physics and you know how bigger things are moving fast but they appear to be slow and yeah just i'm not a big fan of those so this was definitely a refreshing movie to watch where like 
It really is just like, here's this mass monster. It moves slow. It is having a great time destroying things until you start shooting stuff at it. And then it gets pissed off and shoots its laser. <laughs> yeah, the whole uh, laser in the back uh, that was new. Like we, we haven't seen that before, where all the you know things pop up. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was all the spikes. Oh, that was so cool. I meant to ask you about that, pops. Because like when that when I first saw that, I was like, ooh, I don't know if this is new or if this is just true to the original design, but I like this better. No, that's that's new. And it was great because you know they, he, I, I would say he probably used it what like three or four times throughout the whole movie but but basically it got to the point where like you don't need it you didn't need to see it on screen you could hear it and i think it was like the part where you were talking about x when he's in the water where like he's already stood stand up and like you know they're the, the camera's like at the people on the boat and they're reacting and you just start to hear the okay shit, we gotta do something now <laughs> run and everybody that saw the laser before like they saw like the characters in the movie that like saw godzilla shoot that laser Anybody who saw him then again charge it up, they just knew. They, they started taking their hats off. They're like, that's it. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> There's quite literally nothing I can do about this. <laughs> like, this is death. Thank you for your service. <laughs> that is uh, that is like such a perfect application and like a refreshing thing they did with this movie. It was like, they basically turned his laser into like an ultimate weapon, and, which also explains why like, you know, he doesn't use it often. Like these other American Godzilla movies, he, like Godzilla just be spamming his laser now all of a sudden. And it's not even like a laser anymore. It's more of just like, hot fire breath that kind of like pushes monsters back and stuff it's just bad breath I, I just love that this is destructive yeah exactly i i remember baby godzilla shooting uh smoke rings that's all he had he's a stoner <laughs> just rings of smoke <laughs> but yeah no it, it's kind of it's a testament like this movie really is a testament because it's like the western godzillas and and a lot of other movies keep falling into this trap of like like I don't know if it i don't want to call it fast and furious syndrome but it's like they've all from the beginning they've wanted to focus more on like characters with like the godzilla and stuff in the background and godzilla 2014 like i said i still really like that movie i think they handled the tension really well it was it's a solid movie for i think like a lot of an american audience to get into godzilla if they didn't understand what it is and you know you get a military perspective civilian perspective science perspective and it, you know, it, it balances it pretty well. And it gives you the great action at the end between the monsters. But then the movies going on after that, just like the Fast and Furious movies, that it, it just turns into like, okay, well, we're not going to keep doing this, the same formula because people just want more, right? They want more of this, more of that. They want just over the top stuff. But then they're trying to force those movies to like, just include so many like human characters. I, I know a big gripe from a lot of Godzilla fans, at least like YouTubers that I listen to, they're like, we just want at this point we just want these Godzilla movies to be more about the monsters. We don't care about like these human characters that you keep switching out every other movie and trying to get us to care about and that you're just not doing it right. So we just want to see the action. It's just like it, it's just trying to please a lot of different people and ultimately pleasing nobody really. I feel well, I honestly I don't think that's the solution either though. Like I I think honestly that's what will turn it into a Fast and Furious type franchise where it's just like the whole movie is just Godzilla shooting and boxing <laughs> like it's there's no plot it's just him I, I just think it's overdone like honestly at that point i feel like that franchise like the american franchise of godzilla just needs to stop <laughs> and they just need they just need to hard stop it because what what are we watching at this point i'm watching godzilla and king kong fight another big monkey down in the caves of the earth i don't know if you've seen the new trailer pops for godzilla and kong oh we watched it yeah oh okay yeah 
I was like, I was very confused by that. And I was like, what are they doing? Yeah, the, the, the American-based movies, really, they're not soaked in the context of what it was like in Japan after the war. They're just like caricatures of big-ass beasts fighting. It's okay, but I, I'm not really a fan. And, and after seeing Godzilla Minus One, I'm like, y'all should just step your game up because people are making movies with, you know, an eighth of the budget that you have and far superior. Honestly, just give them your budget. Give Japan your entire budget and just stop making the movies, yeah. to be honest. I'll be so for real. Yeah, that's what I, I think. Well, fun fact. So Corridor Crew, if you haven't seen their... Have you watched their video yet, X? Yeah, I've seen it. They said, like, the water asset alone of just the water, which is basically all CGI. They, they said it was, it's, it was over 500 terabytes of data, just the water alone. And then they had to throw Godzilla in there, the ship. So, like, they, he just... the In that video, X, you watched it, but, like, the, they got some footage from the director, like, responding directly to Corridor Crew and just being like... Yeah, like we just we had so much computational data and it, it was showing how like most of the crowds were fake. I love it when movies go silent in like intense situations. And so when the music cut away and it was just, you know, the plane coming in, I thought that was such a good scene. Yeah, because I feel like at that time, like it went completely silent. I feel like in the train, there was still kind of like the you could hear the footsteps, but in that scene, it was like the music was on. Everybody was kind of like, you know, on the edge and then just silence. Yeah, they call that a pregnant pause. Pregnant pause. Yeah, that's that's what they call it. I didn't name it. Oh, I, oh, I did uh, Yoji. I think his name's Yoji. He was probably one of my favorite characters because of like his comedic relief. I, again, I can't remember specific moments of the things that he would say, but he he did have me laughing. Oh, and oh, the moment oh, I'm just remembering the moment when um the final moments at the end when they were they had the plan to sink Godzilla and the I, I, I was it the younger brother it was the younger brother or just like the the new shipmate kind of showed up at the end with like the reinforcements and all the local fishermen and stuff like that. Like I didn't expect that moment to happen, but that's that's like a great. I love it when movies do that in terms of doing it like in a way where they set it up, and unless you were like really, really like paying attention to everything else, which at that point I was just focused on what they're doing with Godzilla, but to bring them in at a moment, like to kind of rally to see that that character come back, but then also the support that they brought to the to the fight was was heartfelt. It was good. Oh, it was a uh, Yuki Yuki Yama Yuki Yamada, and he's like, "I'm here, bitch." I can't remember what he said, but he was like, "Yeah, I'm here." <laughs> I'm looking forward to see what they do with the next bit. For sure. <laughs> yeah, he basically like us and the rest of the people that you I can't remember what they call like called them useless or something. Like we're here to help. And yeah, it was a good moment where you're like, oh, it's gonna solve the problem, and then it didn't, and then that's when they let the main character come in and steal the show. So lots of suspense, lots of like little moments where like the the tide of the battle changes towards Godzilla or the humans, but uh I guess humans technically still lost because Godzilla clearly is coming back. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you've got thoughts and opinions on the topic covered, or if you've got feedback on how we can improve the podcast, we'd love to hear it. You can email us at hivereviewpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hivereviewpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com.